Welcome to Smith Weekly Discussions, an occasional program for our readers and listeners of Smith Weekly Research. Please note this program is a private discussion and everything contained herein is for entertainment and educational purposes only. With that, we hope you're in a comfortable position along with your favorite beverage to enjoy the discussion. We remind our audience to examine the show notes attached to each of our shows to better understand how our program functions. Before we get into our discussion, we want to say thanks for questions coming from our audience at Smith Weekly, including Andy J, Cindy W, and Luke A. We have on Steve Robertson, President and CEO of Sun Metals, a Canadian-focused copper gold explorer and developer advancing the Stardust Project in British Columbia. The company is listed on the Toronto Venture Exchange under the symbol S-U-N-M and also on the U.S. OTC markets under the symbol S-M-T-T-F. Steve, welcome back to the show. Thanks very much, Andrew. It's my pleasure to be here. Steve, so the audience should know uh, by now that uh, that Sun Metals got going in June of 2018, roughly. Uh, it is part of the oxygen group of companies, and the core project is Stardust with a focus on copper and gold. Let's start with the market for a moment. Uh, how is sentiment for uh, copper and, and things like gold looking on your end? Well, these days, copper is not one of the darlings of the market, that's for certain. Uh, there's uh, been a lot of pressure on most of the copper exposed companies, including Sun Metals recently. But uh, quite frankly, with the green e-movement uh, underfoot, uh, I, I think that copper is right where we want to be. I have a long-term uh, view that copper is uh, going to be a good commodity to be exposed to. And of course, with Stardust, it is a polymetallic project that is exposed to both copper and gold. And we all know that, that gold in these uncertain times has uh, obviously been more and more popular. And I think that there's uh, uh, more legs to the story than what we've seen so far. So I'm, I'm very comfortable where we're at. And Sun Metals has been recently working on an extensive drill program and is in process of a series of, of news events, which uh, just recently started coming out. Can you put together the, the recent drill results for the audience? And what is management really seeing now at Stardust? Yeah, the focus of our exploration efforts has been the 421 zone. So 421 is named after Hole 421, which uh, discovered this new area of mineralization in late 2018. We've had two drills turning on the project since uh, late May of this year, 2019, and we've been continuing to feel out our ways both to the north and to the south. It's open in both directions at this point, and um, we've actually uh, been enjoying quite a bit of success in our drilling, and, and as a result of that, we've announced that we're going to be continuing the drilling program through the winter, and we're actually adding a third drill to the uh, the fleet so that we can get uh, a little bit uh, quicker turnaround in our results. Some of the drill holes that we're drilling now are, are relatively deep, so getting that third drill will be critical to keeping the news flow going over the winter. Can you give us a little bit more details on, on where you guys are, are looking, where the focus is exactly, and, and the expansion of the deposit at this point, where it's open, and, and what do we have going there? 
421 zone we believe is a feeder zone to uh, the historically known mineralization that was on the project. Uh, before we arrived, recall that there uh, was already established a 2.2 kilometer long corridor of continuous mineralization on the project. And when we started to explore the project, we were looking for one of these feeder zones. So uh, we have indeed found one with the 421 zone, uh, much thicker and uh, richer mineralization than the mineralization that had been found on the project previously. And so we're continuing to follow this zone to the north and south. It is somewhat of a elongate, uh, oblong, cigar-shaped uh, body of mineralization. And uh, it's uh, quite well behaved in terms of its overall direction. It's very complex and heterogeneous uh, in, in its internal structure, but really the fluid flow patterns are starting to get easier to understand and, and follow and predict. We know that there's uh, a lot of questions that are being generated by the current program, uh, including, you know, we've observed that there's a great deal of scar and alteration below the zone. And so that lets, leads us to believe that there was a significant amount of fluid flow coming up from down below. And at some point, we're going to have to turn our attention to exploring in that direction as well. But really, we have uh, the mineralization open in many directions at this point. And so there's a lot of opportunities for us to continue to build tonnage and uh, work our way through this drill program. And it looks like some of the investors have been questioning a little bit uh, what's what's been coming out as far as news and so forth, and and the stock price uh, has been under pressure uh, for a little bit of time here. What do you see that investors are missing, or what do you see that's upsetting investors at this point? Well, in large part, I think in a well certain degree of the commentary that I've seen, the narrative is trying to justify what has happened in the market and as i said a lot of the copper names have been under pressure and so people feel the need to come up with uh, some negatives on the project to justify the drop in the share price and quite frankly uh, from a technical perspective we're extremely pleased with what we're seeing on the project and um, you know i think that we've got all the reason in the world to believe that this system is just going to continue to uh, proved to be bigger and, and stronger as we find more of it. Um, we're very pleased with the amount of uh, scar and alteration and all the evidence of fluid flow and, and uh, um, you know, indications that this is a core uh, plumbing system where all those mineralizing fluids came along and were able to deposit the mineralization. So uh, I think we're finding exactly what we would have hoped to have found on this project. And uh, you know, there is some negative commentary out there. I'm just going to, uh, you know, is to the extent that I can ignore that and continue to focus on making sure that we are doing a, a good, solid technical job of doing the exploration on site. And I'm sure it'll be fruitful. Yeah. And the share price will come around when the when the time comes and, and people start to understand what's going on. Um, how, what can shareholders expect for the rest of the year? And then also in 2020, what can they expect it with regards to updated resource estimates and advancement at uh, the Canyon Creek deposit? Yeah, we're uh, actually extending this drilling program that we're in now over the winter season so that we can uh, hopefully build enough tonnage to uh, get us to the point where we think that we uh, would have a, a viable project on our hands. So. We think with the sorts of grades that we've been seeing in this zone, if we can build up a resource in the 421 zone of, say, uh, 6 to 10 million tons, 
we would have a good mine on our hands. And that would give us the confidence to be able to uh, declare that we would uh, want to take the next steps to move this project forward. So uh, that's really the goal of this program. We're, uh, we're entirely focused on making sure that we can uh, use all of the tools in the toolbox, whether it's geophysics, geology, uh, we're, we're making ample use of the experts that uh, we have on our technical advisory committee and so on, making sure that we increase our chances of actually finding uh, as much tonnage as we can in this this upcoming program. And Steve, with the with the third drill out there, um, is is really management's goal here to to get to that target tonnage uh, really as quickly as possible at this point. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, there's a lot of reasons to justify having that third drill there. Um, first of all. We want to get back to doing a little bit of exploration around the south end of the deposit, which is completely open at this point, and we really do need to uh, uh, do more work there. We all would also like to take advantage of the opportunity to uh, drill the uh, the area from another angle. So, so far, all of our drilling has been from west to east, and if there are some cross faults uh, in that east-west direction, we suspect that there are. Um, we don't know really what role they play and uh, and you know to what extent they exist and so we'd like to be able to uh, do some other things that just with two drills they're busy and it's hard to justify um, you know pulling one of the drills off of this current trajectory that we're drilling on to, to do other things so the third drill gives us the uh, flexibility and the advantage to be able to do that Okay, and uh, just saw recently uh, you've got a capital raise uh, out there of about four million Canadian. Um, how is this being spent, and over what period of time? Can you share with uh, the audience the the details on this raising and and what the plans are? Yeah, we're doing this as a flow through, uh, which is a Canadian tax advantage way of uh, raising money for exploration that you're going to be doing, uh, where the money's going to go into the ground and uh so that of course fits us very well and it's a great incentive to the uh shareholders to uh, invest at this time uh we're doing normal flow through shares at 25 cents and uh, premium flow through shares or they're otherwise known as charity flow through at 35 31.5 uh, cents per share and this is going to raise four million. We've also uh, got a green shoe for another million, so we could raise up to five million with this financing. And of course, that'll be spent just supporting the upcoming program where we're uh, uh, gonna continue the drilling through the winter months. Uh, we'll take a, a short break over Christmas, but really that uh, is the only interruption to the program over the next several months. We'll probably, uh, take the program right through until April of next year when we start to get into uh, spring breakup, which happens up in the north uh, on a, every year. And Steve, after this new capital raise, uh, what can we see as far as major shareholders afterwards and what is the management share of the ownership at that point? Well, currently we've got 125 million shares outstanding between, well, management and insiders own about 30% of the company. Uh, tech is the only major corporate uh, strategic that's in the company. They own about 10% at this point. Uh, looks like the the upcoming financing will uh, introduce another 15 to 18 million shares into the structure, and so there will be a slight dilution of uh, 
of uh, some of the existing positions, but uh, we also anticipate that there will be participation amongst the insiders uh, to uh, uh, continue to have a relatively strong holding. Steve, what experiences uh, and lessons learned during your time at Imperial Metals are you bringing to the operational strategy at Sun Metals? Can you share a few points here with the listeners? Sure. Well, one of the great experiences that I had with Imperial Metals was uh, running the Silvertip project for five years. So Silvertip is the only other well-known uh, carbonate replacement system in British Columbia. And uh, actually, Coor bought that project in 2017 for 200 million US, and uh, it's now an operating mine. And so that's when I was first introduced to Peter McGaw, who... Uh, I hired to come and work as a consultant on the project. I think that was the first time that he'd actually worked in British Columbia. After we worked together at Silvertip, he went on to work on the Stardust project, and he actually discovered the copper gold scarn zone at Stardust. So uh, it's quite a an interesting story. Our experience has been intertwined here, and and here we're back together again at Sun Metals. He's the chair of our technical advisory committee, and and we're relying heavily on him. Uh, also, when I was at Imperial Metals, I was uh, involved in mine development. So it's, uh, I'm a geologist, an exploration geologist by background, but I've worked at mines, uh, including the high-grade underground uh, copper mine called Goldstream, where we were mining a 1.2-meter-thick horizon of 4% copper. So again, a high-grade uh, underground copper operation. And uh, about five years ago, I shared the honor of being named the EA Schultz winner for uh, uh, my role in the development of the Red Chris mine. And so it really did give me a, a great breadth of experience at Imperial that I can bring to Sun Metals and, and uh, use that as we push this uh, Stardust project forward. And you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Peter. Uh, can you can you share with the audience uh, who may not be aware of it? Can you share with us the the CRD checklist? Uh, what are the major points about this and how this applies to the project? Yeah, Peter. Uh, of course, for anybody that doesn't know who Peter is, he's the founder of Mag Silver, and uh, really, I, I think in many people's minds, certainly my mind, he's the world's leading authority in carbonate replacement systems, and he put together a checklist of all the common features that he's been able to observe in the big robust systems, the ones that you want to own. And uh, when we went down the pit checklist uh, with Peter on the Stardust project, we got an emphatic yes in every one of the checkboxes, except for the first one, which is, are you on Main Street CRD in, in northern Mexico, which is where most of these giant deposits are, are found in the, uh, this uh, genre. But uh, we're not in northern Mexico, we're in northern British Columbia, but it's very reassuring to us that we actually have all those hallmark features that you would want to see indicating that you've got a big rich system and I think to summarize you know what the different features are on that checklist really the thing that you're looking for is longevity and complexity because the long-lived complex systems are created by multiple pulses of these metal rich fluids coming through the area uh, eating away the limestone and replacing the limestone with sulfide mineralization. And we see ample evidence of uh, a very long-lived uh, complex system at Stardust. And so that's really what gives us the confidence knowing that we're in a system that uh, we know it can provide 
uh, high grade. We've got ample examples of really high grade mineralization all the way from the epithermal veins through the mantles and then into the copper gold scarn part of the system. And because of the all those other features that we see, we think that there's uh, certainly signs that this could be a very big system as well. And Steve, what do you see as the next challenges that are upcoming uh, for the project? What are the next major hurdles that you're seeing here to uh, to get through? Well, I think it's just the next hurdle, and it's a very important one, is to make sure that we maintain our very disciplined approach to the exploration. We don't want to take our eye off the ball and get lost in the system if uh, something unexpected happens. We want to make sure that we're continuing to employ all of the tools in the toolbox, not get lazy and, and uh, give up on our downhole geophysics or, or stop consulting with the uh, you know wide array of, of experts that we've got involved in the projects now. As a matter of fact, I'll be going up to site with uh, uh, one of our directors, Rick Bales and uh, Peter McGaw next month to uh, take a detailed look at the core and spend a few days up there <clears throat> just talking to the crew and talking about our path forward and what we should be doing. So. We're just going to maintain our, our very focused approach to the exploration, and uh, I expect that that'll be fruitful. Now, is there any uh, any any comments uh, that you're aware of or any uh, latest opinions you can share with the audience uh, about how Mark feels about what's going on up there? Yeah, Mark, uh, of course, is a huge supporter. I mean, really, he is the uh, the the driving force from certainly from a geologic perspective of oxygen capital. And, uh, you know, it's Mark that originally identified that this was uh, a good project to uh, uh, want to own when Rick Bales brought it to his attention. And that's what got everything started. Uh, and then Mark and Donald McGinnis, who's our chairman, recruited me out of uh, my role at Imperial Metals to come lead this company. And, uh, you know, Mark's just been a tremendous supporter of the of the entire thing ever since then. Uh, he's very enthusiastic about this and uh, continues to be quite involved. And I rely heavily on his uh, uh, guiding hand as we move our way forward. So we've got shares trading around uh, the lower 20 cent range with a market cap around 30 million Canadian. Why should potential investors be taking a look at Sun Metals today at current prices? Well, I think that the market was relatively comfortable with our story when our stock was trading up in the uh, between 50 and 60 cents. And uh, we've done nothing but improve the story since then with our exploration results. So uh, as long as we, you know, continue to have success from a technical perspective, um, you know, I would say that the people should be looking at this as a value investment uh, at these current levels. Of course, the ultimate question is, are we going to get to that point where we have a viable project that could be a, a, a mine? And, uh, you know, I have great confidence that this is a project that has a high probability of being able to get there. So, you know, like all junior mining companies, it is a unsure thing, but that's what keeps us all so excited about this this uh, uh, business is the fact that there is this tremendous opportunity for exploration and discovery, and uh, all you can do is you know improve your chances of exploration and discovery by getting into good projects with good people, and we've got all of that. That's for certain. So I haven't been this excited about a exploration project for a long time. Oh, and it looks extra extra attractive at current levels. There's no doubt about that. Well, Steve, how about uh, how about investors that might have any any questions uh, related to latest news uh, releases, or how can investors reach out to you or the company for information? 
Well, the first thing they should do is go to our website and they can sign up for all of our uh, news dissemination and uh, stay up to speed with what's going on at that uh, through that channel. And then uh, I'm always available for discussion. People can reach out to us. Uh, there's a link on our contact page on the website, uh, info at sunmetals.ca. And I see all of those emails. I try to respond to each and every one of those uh, emails personally. So um, there's nothing that I like to talk about more than Sun Metals and the Stardust Project. So it's uh, quite a pleasure to be able to talk to investors. Well, Steve, thanks for the update and for taking the time with us. And uh, we hope you come back again soon. Okay. Thanks very much, Andrew.